Speaking on the power of prayer, here's Pastor Ed Taylor. Prayer is powerful. Not only is prayer a means to accomplish God's will on earth, it's also a means to change your heart and your mind. It's a means to give you direction. It's a means our prayer life is a powerful means of God using it to shape and mold our lives, to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. This is amazing grace. It's time once again for Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor, a ministry of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. We've been studying the life of Daniel here lately, and one thing that sure stands out in his life, he was a man of prayer. Pastor Ed has observed four ingredients in effective praying, and we find them in Daniel's prayer in Daniel chapter 9. Now, we've seen already it starts with serious worship and then followed by sincere confession. Now, today, we'll notice how intercession should be a big part of our prayer lives. And as we follow this model, it will instill in us a solid confidence in God. Verse 15, O Lord, our God, you brought lasting honor to your name by rescuing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. But we have sinned and are full of wickedness. In view of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn your furious anger away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. All the neighboring nations mock Jerusalem and your people because of our sins and the sins of our ancestors. Verse 17. Oh, our God, hear your servant's prayer. Listen as I plead. For your own sake, Lord, smile again on your desolate sanctuary. Oh, my God, lean down and listen to me. Open your eyes and see our despair. See how your city, the city that bears your name, lies in ruins. We make this plea, not because we deserve help, I love that, but because of your mercy. Oh Lord, hear. Oh Lord, forgive. Oh Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay, oh my God, for your people and your city that bear your name. So in the word, Jeremiah's writings prompts Daniel to pray. The word moved him as he sees the captivity coming to a close. God, show mercy. He begins to pray for the city, for Jerusalem. Let your anger be turned. And this prayer of his is not for him, but for his people and for the city that bears the name of God. He's praying for those that are around him. And that's what intercession is. Intercessory prayer is praying on behalf of someone else. The idea of intercessory comes from the word intercede. And you can think of it this way. If you're taking notes, intercessory prayer is you standing in the gap between a person and God praying for them. And you think of your prayers. There's a lot of prayers where we're praying for ourselves, but a lot of our request in our give 10 time, even tonight was praying for someone else, praying for someone else. When you're praying for someone else, you're praying intercessory prayers. And they're very, very important to intercede on behalf of another person. And I have to say that intercessory prayer has two sides to it. There can, it can be very easy. 
Um, as I was praying to, for the lonely and the hurting, I was praying for the fearful and the anxious. That was easy for me. I actually, because I was praying and I was being broadcast, I didn't mention names, but there were names that popped in, faces that popped in my mind that I was praying for and thinking of. Intercessory prayer, when I'm praying on behalf of someone, as I'm praying for someone to, to see some breakthrough, uh, I'm praying for a family that's having a difficult time having a baby. I, I'm praying for them that God would open the womb. And I mean it. When I'm praying for someone that's battling cancer for healing, I, I'm praying for them and I mean it. And, and those are easy. I mean, it's a hard situation. That's, I, I don't mean that the situation's easy, but for me to intercede and pray, uh, I, those are easier for me. I'll tell you where intercessory prayer come, becomes hard. Intercessory prayer becomes hard when I'm praying for people I don't want to pray for. I'm praying for people in my life I just don't want to pray for. You know, when I'm praying for myself, easy. Praying for people that I know and like, easy. Praying for difficulties, easy. You know, I can pray, forgive me, Lord. Bless me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Uh, we've got this situation. I need wisdom, God. We have this financial thing. God, provide for the needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. And those kind of prayers, very easy. Hey, there's a brother in the church that's struggling. Lord, help him, strengthen him. You know, in Luke chapter 11, verse four, it says, and forgive us our sins as we forgive. Listen, this is where intercessory prayer gets really hard. As we forgive those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation. So it's in intercession, intercessory prayer that opens up a new channel. Listen, this might be brand new for you. This might be a new opportunity for you to understand that God has a, a opening, a freshness and a newness in your life that he can give you right now. And that is when you begin to pray for those that have sinned against you and you forgive them, you release them of their debt. By the way, forgiveness is a big issue in your life. Whether you're watching online right now or listening in uh, on Grace FM, listening on a radio station somewhere, or you're even in the room right now, and there's an issue about forgiveness, go to our website, calvaryco.church, and put in the word forgive in the search bar of our messages. And I've taught some very strong messages uh, on forgiveness, uh, and, and, and there, it's life-giving. There's even a packet that we have if you want to email me directly through the website and ask for the forgiveness packet. Uh, I'll return that email uh, hopefully within a couple days to give you the packet, a PDF you can print out because forgiveness is so important. So listen, as we intercede, it opens up a new channel of God's agape love that will flow from him and through us. So we learn to intercede and pray for those who hurt us. And we learn to intercede and pray for those that have used us. And we learn to intercede and to pray for those who don't care, for those who don't want to care. And as we pray for our unsafe family and friends, we pray for people that have made decisions that have hurt us. We pray for those that have offended us as we forgive. And here's what happens. As we pray, our hearts are drawn toward these people. They're drawn toward them. And this is a key, really a secret to the power of prayer. When we pray for people, it stirs up love in us. And now you go, wait a minute, Ed, I prayed for someone last night. It just made me more angry. You just need to keep praying. Of course, you're going to be angry because it's still on the surface. You're still suffering from the hurt. You know, you could suffer from the hurt that you experienced years and years and years ago. And it could be as real today as it was years ago. And and yet, as you continue to yield, because prayer is a place of submission. Daniel, he's reading Jeremiah. So it starts with, I like to pray with an open Bible at times. And so it starts in the word and then the word inspires me. 
And so I'm receiving from God through his word. And then it draws me back to communicating with God from his word. You know, his word comes through me. It comes back. And then he begins to reveal people to me. And I begin to intercede, not just coming to God with a list, but I come to intercede on behalf of others. And it becomes very difficult to dislike and to scorn a person that you're praying for because you just know that God loves them. You may have a hard time liking them right now, but God loves them. Send his son, Jesus Christ to die for them. You know, without a prayerful life, we just get angry. You know, I can't stand them. I don't like them. I don't want to be around them. But in prayer, our words change to God, help them, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Bring them to the end of themselves. And then your heart becomes broken over the condition of the people that you're praying for, the people that might've hurt you, uh, that might be still hurting you right now. And as our hearts are broken, just like our father's heart, we're softened toward them, wanting to see God change them. And then what happens? You know, you've often heard it said that prayer changes things. Uh, Really what prayer does is changes people. It changes us. It uh, realigns our attitude and our hearts toward the Lord. And it, it reveals to us where we lack in that agape love. And it changes us. So what does it do? When you're interceding, it's a key to erasing bitterness, intercession. It is a key to rebuilding relationships, intercession. It's a key of unleashing the agape love of God, intercession. And you respond today, but I can't, Ed. I can't. It's so difficult. And the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, we say, I can't. God says, for I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength, gives me the strength. Does prayer really change things? Yes. Prayer changes you and it changes me. We're not primarily moving the hand of God as much as it is for the direction to hold the hand of God. You know, you see people praying, we're going to move God's hand. We're going to move God today. Well, really what's happening is you've moved yourself into a position of submitting to God, right? You're, we were taught how to pray. We were taught how to pray. It's thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so when I'm praying, I'm praying according to his will. I'm praying according to what he wants. And I'm the one that needs to change. And praise God that he does that work of change in us. And that's Daniel right here. As you're reading through, he's like, man, I want this city. Man, I'm praying for your people. Forgive us. Help us. I'm praying for the city that has your name. I'm confessing our sins. And I realize we're captive, God, because of our rebellion. So remember us. And he's not demanding from God. He's not ordering God around. As it said earlier, he's pleading in a position of prayer and fasting. And listen, you're watching this live. You're listening to me live. You're hearing me live right now. And, and it really, anytime this airs on any radio station around the country, you're listening to me right now, get this. If there was ever a time for prayer and fasting, it's now. It's right now. We, we can't just kind of coast along and say, well, I hope things get back to normal. No, things aren't normal. Right now, it's time to pray and fast. And that could just be a confirmation for you. You've been asking, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? You can pray and fast. And once again, I've taught a very detailed Bible study on exactly what the Bible teaches about fasting and, and what it, how prayer and fasting go together. So you can just put the word fasting in the same search bar and bookmark those. And you can actually in the app, download them and you could take them on the road on your phone. You can download any of the messages through our app 
and they go into your downloader, download folder. So get those studies, come and follow Daniel in his time of prayer and fasting, uh, in his uh, Ashka, in, in his rough burlap, it says here in the New Living Translation, sprinkled with ashes. Uh, it is a very challenging time for him as he comes to the Lord in self-sacrifice, self-sacrifice. I'm going to confess the sins of our people. And I always like to ask, is that your heart right now? And how about, is it, is it our heart as a church at Calvary? Uh, is it our heart at Calvary Chapel that we would have a broken heart for the lost and for our city and for the difficulties around us? Do we see it? You know, you get that picture of uh, Jesus looking over Jerusalem and he is, he is uh, weeping over Jerusalem because of the sins. Will we be the same way? You know, are we going to be uh, in a place of brokenness? Will we be in a place with a broken heart? Because broken hearts change lives. Broken hearts change lives. Well, effective prayer we've seen is serious worship. Starts with serious worship. Number two, continues in serious and sincere confession. Uh, thirdly, it involves a ser- serious uh, intercession. And now effective prayer instills a solid confidence in God. A solid confidence because he leaves in verse 19. If you come back to Daniel nine with me, Oh Lord, hear, Oh Lord, forgive, Oh Lord, listen and act for your own sake. Do not delay my God for your people and your city. And there's this confidence. Jot it down. First John chapter five, verse 14. It says, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. And since we know he hears us when we make our requests, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. And we have prayer will lead to confidence. We will leave our prayer closet no longer disrupted, like things get shifted. We enter into our prayer closet, disrupted, concerned. Look what's going on, God. Look at all the circumstances, look at all the difficulties. But we leave our prayer closet confident in the promises of God. Even if the circumstances don't change right away, we leave confident. And I love that because God is looking for those people, for those businesses, for those kids, for those families that approach him upon the grace and mercy of God, not based on what we do. Confidence doesn't come. We don't get, we don't come to God in confidence because we are all of our good deeds this week, or man, I did better in my Bible reading this week than last week, or, or I helped somebody uh, in Jesus name. That's not where confidence come from. Confidence comes from the Lord and You don't need to give God a reason to bless you. He's given you all blessings in Christ Jesus, all things pertaining to life and godliness. Just approach him. Just come to him based on his mercy, based on his grace. Come to him in a place where you're surrendered and you bring your cares, bring your concerns, casting your cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. And when you pray, be careful because you may hear the enemy whispering in your ear. Who are you? Who are you to come to God like that? How can you pray with that kind of heart? What are you doing? Don't you remember where you were last week? Don't you remember what you thought yesterday? You think God's going to hear you or answer to you? And, And the lies of the enemy in our minds will take us away from this confidence in knowing that we approach God to that. Remember, we were learning in Hebrews, we go into the throne room of grace, not the throne room of, of works. And what do we find? We, we come into that throne room of grace to find what? Mercy and help. How, when? In our time of need. And it, we, just come, like, we, just, it, it, we, we just come to him admitting our need in a place of humility. And Daniel's there. 
and there's nothing wrong, no sin, anything recorded of Daniel. And here he is praying and in confidence. Now in this confidence, before we leave, I want you to see this in chapter, chapter nine, verse 20. Check this out. He says, I went on praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, pleading with the Lord, my God for Jerusalem, his holy mountain. And as I was praying, Gabriel, Gabriel was an angel, an archangel, whom I had seen in the earlier vision came swiftly to me at the time of the evening sacrifice. And he explained to me, Daniel, I have come here to give you insight and understanding. The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I'm here to tell you what it was for you are very precious to God. Listen carefully so that you can understand the meaning of your vision. What's Daniel reading about? He's reading about the past 490 years. And he's in the middle at the end of the 70 years. And then there's going to be another 490 years, as we'll see in the rest of Jan Daniel chapter nine. So he's praying about the past. And while he's praying that fast, he gets an answer. Gabriel shows up with the answer, but he's not, he, Gabriel doesn't come with an answer about the past. Gabriel comes with an answer about the future. And right in the middle of his prayers, the angel shows up even before he finishes praying. And what an answer that must have been. I mean, it's so encouraging. Now, I've had times in my prayer life where I've prayed and I've sensed the Lord answered my prayer uh, in the middle of the prayer. Like he gave me a verse. He gave me a confirmation. He gave me a direction. Like, like before I even said amen, I, I, I sensed that, man, he's already given me the answer. He's already confirmed to me. Maybe uh, it was a verse. It was somebody he brought to remembrance. Somebody's now all the ways that that's happened to me before, the way it's never happened is I've never had an angel show up with an answer right in the middle of my prayer. And what a dramatic time this must have been. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter one, in verse 14, that angels are servants. They're ministering spirits sent to care for people who inherit salvation. And so Gabriel sent as a servant, a ministering spirit to show up and answer Daniel's prayer. Daniel's praying about the future of his captivity. He's asking about the, the circumstances of the last 490 years. And what is the answer is you'll see, you're going to have to read ahead because we're not going to get into it today, but you have to read ahead in our next study on the 70. I mean, it is fascinating. 70 weeks of Daniel is our next time together. Uh, read ahead, finish the chapter. And he, he's, what, what his answer was to the prayer, he's praying for the help of the Jerusalem. He's praying for forgiveness. He's praying for what? Hey, let's get out of captivity. And the answer was more than he prayed because the answer was the prophetic key to the future. And he gives him insights, not on the past 490 years, but on the future 490 years. And the answer really supersedes the request. And so here's the deal. You, you just come to the Lord and be open to what he has for you. I mean, you might come with a list. You might even pray through the gift 10 today. And you've got those, the things that we instructed you to pray. But then when you come to prayer, God can supersede that. He just wants you to come, just come and talk to him. Come speak to him. What's on your heart, intercede, pray, ask, be thankful. But prayer is powerful. Not only is prayer a means to accomplish God's will on earth. It's also a means to change your heart and your mind. It's a means to give you direction. It's a means our prayer life is the, a powerful means of God using it to shape and mold our lives, to conform us into the image of Jesus Christ. Gabriel comes and gives Daniel insights 
and understanding. It says in verse 22, he explained to me, Daniel, I've come here to give you insight and understanding. Uh, In the New King James, it says, Daniel, I've come to give you skill to understand. And three times as Gabriel is talking with Daniel, he talks about giving him understanding. And as we close today, God wants to give you understanding. You, You have a question today. You have a difficulty. You have a challenge. God wants to give you understanding. But not only that, he wants to give you understanding of the things of the future, what we would call prophecy. And it's a tragedy that the prophetic parts of scripture are ignored and denied and not given the kind of attention that God gives to prophecy in his scriptures. It it is very much a part of God's relationship with us, his prophetic word, his sure and steadfast prophetic word. And we want to be interested in the books of the Bible that speak to us of prophetic insights of the future. We are closer to the coming of the Lord than ever before. And books like Revelation, Daniel, Zechariah, all of it. We want to be interested in the prophetic realm. The word is clear. He wants to give us understanding. Turn over to chapter 12 of Daniel. I'm almost done. Daniel chapter 12. Notice with me in verse 4. Daniel chapter 12, verse 4. It says, but you, Daniel, keep this prophecy as a secret. Keep it as a secret. Seal up the book until the time of the end when many will rush here and there and knowledge will increase. So Daniel, his prophecy was for those at the end of the age. Daniel's prophecy, what's given to him now is really for those that are living at the end of the age. And it was to be sealed and then revealed. And here we have great insights of many of the things that Daniel taught and what was given to him. Because prophecy will put us squarely in the position that if you truly are a man or a woman of, of, of prophecy and you really love prophecy, I'm not talking about the conspiracy theories. I'm not talking about all the interesting nuances and all, could this be the mark of the beast? I'm not talking about that. I, I'm talking about if you really are a man or a woman uh, that are, is interested in prophecy, it will do one thing and one thing in you deeply. And that is, it will cause you to look for the soon return of Jesus Christ. It will have you be otherworldly, heavenly minded. Look up. Jesus said, when you see some of these things come to pass, look up for your redemption draws near. (laughs) And what it does is it places hopes in our heart. In first John chapter three, verse two, it says, dear friends, we are already God's children but he has not yet shown us what we would be like when Christ appears. But we know that we will be like him, for he, we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as he is pure. Well, we've been in the book of Daniel today on Abounding Grace. Pastor Ed Taylor is our teacher, and he's the pastor of Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. You can hear this message again when you visit us online at AboundingGraceRadio.com or hear Abounding Grace through our app. Search for Calvary Aurora in the App Store or Google Play to download that for free today. Still looking for a stocking stuffer or a meaningful gift for that special someone in your life? I'd like to suggest our resource of the month, a book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christmas. 
Taking the approach of a journalist, Lee Strobel searches out the true identity of the child in the manger. He consults experts on the Bible, archaeology, and messianic prophecy. We'll send it your way when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. Please remember this radio ministry is made possible through your generous support. And as the year comes to an end... This would be a wonderful time to hear from you. And you can place a resource request when you call toll-free at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Pastor Ed, with all this talk about the power of prayer today, I think it would only be fitting that we end our time in prayer. Would you lead us? Yes, Larry, I'd be honored to lead us in a time of prayer as we end. So, Father, we're uh, very, very grateful for your presence in our lives that we can be connected together through technology, uh, through the teaching of your word, no matter how it goes out, especially here on Abounding Grace. Uh, And so, God, I pray for those listening. I pray for those that are connected to our listeners, those that are just surfing through the radio and have stumbled upon a Christian radio station. What they believe is stumbling is actually your sovereign will in their lives. And so, God, we want to know We want to be revived, and we want to acknowledge the power of prayer by participating in it, by praying more and talking less. And so we lift that up to you, God, and we pray for your hand of blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to get into the 70 weeks of Daniel prophecy tomorrow. You don't want to miss this one. It's going to be a great time in the Word. That's Wednesday and Thursday on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.